following was produced by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated in Memphis, Tennessee. Hello, my name is Rick Cheddar, and this is From Radioland. Greetings, salutations, hello, hey, how's it going? Welcome to another episode from Radioland. From the home office in Memphis, Tennessee, we are here with episode number 381. Yeah, it's uh, it's in June. Here we are. In, uh, it's summery. It's been rainy. It's been kind of warm. It's been humid. I just came in from a walk with the dog and the immigrant, and, uh, and I sweated <laughs> a bit. Uh, that's, that's what you do. That's the way it goes. The dog, he's, he's like, you know, fuck this. This is, I want to lay down. Can I lay down now? Yeah, okay. I know you brought water and all, but I want to lay down. <laughs> this would be a, wow, there's some clear, there's some cool clover right here underneath the shade of this tree. I'm just going to lay here. Just, you know, y'all go on. <laughs> go on without me. I'll be along shortly. <laughs> A uh, couple of news and notes here. Uh, we got a big. Well, first of all, we got a big show. Uh, we're we're going long. Think, get get your sandwich. Now's the time to do it because after this part of the program is a commercial break, and then and then we're going to come back and we're going to have a big uh, big time talk with Mark May. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Big time talk. Uh, I, uh, I I got the I got an email uh, from a uh, from uh, my, my publicist. Uh, her name is Eileen. Eileen Shapiro, she, uh, she sent, she sent, she, she, we communicate. You do that. You know, you, you gotta, you gotta stay in touch with your publicist. Sometimes it's not a weekly thing, you know, it's not a daily thing. It's been kind of slow. We're all coming out of the pandemic, but anyway, she sent me a link, uh, to a website called influencernewsmagazine.com. Um, your global influencer news source. There's a lot on this site. Uh, more specifically, there's a there's a news article written by Ben Wilson. Uh, it's called "The Best of the Best Summer 2021" from Influencer News Magazine. Uh, books, business, film, music, television. There's a little thing written about all that, and then underneath that it says "Podcast, TV, and Internet Hit Series Dedicated to Success." In no particular order, they are all number one. Bunch of shows: uh, The Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Uh, movie reviews and more. I was a guest on that show. Uh, the Daily Show, Joe Rogan Experience. I'm just kind of uh, just kind of whipping through here. W2F with Mark Marin. <clears throat> it's a fun show. Uh, Roger the Wild Child Show, the freaking awesome podcast, which it kind of lives up to its name. Uh, who else is on there? The Help Me Rhonda Show, Mike Wagner. Uh, if these walls could talk lifestyles with Doctor Moby, the Smoked Meat Podcast. Uh, Good Times with Gabe, Coast to Coast Radio with Howard Bloom, Rock and Roll Tuesdays with Rocky Kramer, The Adventures of Pipe Band, and then this name, Radioland slash Radio Memphis. Clearly, the people that influenced her news magazine thought very highly of us to include them into their list, and I, and I, I can't thank them enough. Thank you. That's very kind of you. It's very nice. So, uh, so yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of groovy. I, I, I appreciate it. It's, uh, it's, it's a very, it's a very nice thing. And there's a, there's a list of all sorts of stuff that's up here. Um, because it's cool. I, I appreciate it. It's, it's very nice. Influencernewsmagazine.com is the site where all this is. And there's a whole bunch of other things I didn't get into, but you know, there you go. If you'd like to see it, uh, thanks. Thank you. And thank you, Eileen, uh, for sending that my way. 
it's it's good to hear that. Um, we've been doing uh, some stuff here with this program where we've we've kind of fallen back into that whole thing about bringing some of the artists from the blues show back onto this or what happens during the nooner during the morning show back over to here. Uh, with that, we'll be changing yet again. Uh, not in a, you know, we're, we're getting, we're getting back to, you know, having some other, some other guests in here. And it's, it's going to be a couple of weeks before we do this, because we're going to wrap that part up by doing something really cool. And you'll hear about what's coming up, uh, next week, which is when it all starts, uh, when we, when we do the promo, Uh that's after our interview with Mark May, which is coming up right after this, right here from Radio Land. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. We specialize in helping the self-employed and people just like you that need affordable health insurance to get it. We have short and long-term health insurance plans and some even cover dental, vision, and prescription drugs. Don't take a risk with your your family's health insurance, it's not worth it. If you're self-employed or now need affordable health insurance, call right now and learn for free how to get it. Listen, affordable health insurance plans for everyone just like you are a free phone call away. So give us a shout right now. 800-668-0042. 800-668-0042. 800-668-0042. That's 800-668-0042. Joining us through the uh, miracle of telephony. Is that a word? Telephony? Yes. It is now. It is now. It is now. Uh, from uh, from the great state of Texas, he joins us by phone. Veteran blues rock guitarist Mark May has joined yes, us. Yes, sir. Hello, Mark. How you doing, buddy? Right, Mark. Hey, guys. What's happening? Good to hear it's from you. you. It's all I, you. I understand it's a little damp down there where you are. Yeah, I had to, uh, I just got, actually just got back from my gigs this weekend and we drove out to San Angelo to play the, uh, the Blues Festival out there, the Simply Texas Blues Festival. And yeah. It rained the whole way out there. Oh, my and, God. And about 40 miles from the festival, it stopped raining, and it was just cloudy when we played. But it also rained all the way back this morning. Oh, my to God. The club we played at this afternoon in Lake Conroe, and kind of, you know, rained on and off all day out there, too. So, yeah, it's been a pretty soggy weekend. So. Oh, man. You know, so the clouds... But we got the, got, the, got the show, we've got to have both shows in, so, you know. That's, well, that's good, yeah. And, and there was a really nice crowd out in San Angelo, a lot of people, so that was cool. Well, that's, that's a long drive, man, San Angelo. Yeah, yeah, six hours from here. Wow. Oh, wait, where are you now? You're not in the Houston area? I'm in Houston. Oh, you are in Houston. Wait, San Angelo's six hours? Yeah, nowadays. <laughs> God, I remember San Angelo being like a ten-hour drive yeah. from Houston. Yeah. No, it's all the turnpikes and the freeways, and you're at eighty I really miles. I drive that fast, so <laughs> it's, it's yeah, it's about six hours. Of, wow, you know, it says five something, but you know, yeah, Google doesn't put time in for yeah. No, they. And, and like that. And, no, they don't. Yeah. Well, Mark, we appreciate you taking some time out here on a Sunday night to, to sit and chat with us for a little while. And yeah, I'm excited about being on the show, man. Thanks Me too. Me. We're gonna we're gonna play some tunes and uh, have a bit of fun. And uh, and uh, we we had uh, uh, earlier uh, uh, Hamilton Loomis uh, that was on. I understand yeah. you two you two yeah, guys my, know each other. My buddy. Yeah. You know, Hamilton. I've known him, known him since he was a kid. I yeah. Mean, you know, real small kid. He first started playing a lot. And 
used to go see him play all the time. You know? I want to ask... He's into just a fantastic musician. He really has, yeah. I, I want to ask you what I asked him earlier. Uh, you know, of course, here in Memphis, we have a we have a slightly different look at the blues. Uh, Texas mm-hmm. blues being its its own thing, and it's a very legitimate thing. I mean, don't, don't mistake mm-hmm. me when I talk about this sort of thing, but uh, Texas blues is, uh, is vastly different than a lot of... Because, you, know, you know, like out on the West Coast, you have that weird swing blues thing out right, there. Right, right. You know, like East that. Coast has this kind of a thing, and then, you know, Memphis and the Mid-South, and then Texas, you know, you, you know, you can't help but think about guys like Stevie Ray Vaughan, uh, ZZ Top, and, and, and others. Uh, uh, right. Yeah. How, how is it that that has influenced you? Well, it influenced me a lot. Uh, even before I lived down here, you know, I was listening to ZZ Top, you know, and Stevie Ray Vaughan had just come out and and been out for a little while when I moved to Texas, you know, but he was hot, you know, and so, yeah, it had a big influence on me, uh, uh, and then I got into, I was hosting a jam session down in the south part of uh, Houston, Clear Lake area, and um, a friend of mine turned me on to an Albert Collins album. Oh, so, yes. I, you know, I was already playing a telly, so I kind of got hooked on that, you know, and started kind of, because I'd, I'd been playing mostly country at that time. Yeah, you know? yeah. And before that, I was in like, in the 80s, I played, you know, like hard rock, you know. Right, right. And But I'd always liked blues. I got a B.B. King album when I was a kid from my aunt, and I'd always liked it. And my brother always kind of, he kind of guided me. He, you know, he was older than me with, you know, all different styles of music, you know. He, Hendrix, Beatles, you know. Blues and different things. Right. Isn't it and funny? So, isn't it funny how hard rock always leads back into the blues? Yeah. You know, especially yeah, later in life. Yeah. You know, after you get about thirty. 30 yeah. Right. Right. 30, right. You're like, hey, I'm going to take a look at this blues thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean, you know, the rock thing. I never could like in the '80s. All those guys could pick real fast, you know, and and play really. And my thing is more of a hammer on and pull off of guitar players out there. Right. That is. Sure. Right. Uh, sure. And picking with my middle finger from playing country, kind of a hybrid style. Yeah. So I really did, couldn't play like those guys in the, in the 80s, so I really wasn't much good at it, you know. I sound more like Robert Trower than I did, you know. Yeah, but that's nothing to sneeze at, Martini, Mark. You're one of those guys <laughs> that I wanted to be like then at that point, you know. You know, Robin, like Tr- the blues bug. Robin Trower recorded some tracks down here in our studio um, probably oh, about, really? yeah, about 25, 30 years ago. Um, you know, oh. we're, we're in a pretty storied spot here. And uh, if you ever come to come back to Memphis, which I, I would think, have you ever played Memphis? Yeah, I used to play it more often than I do now. I haven't played it much lately, but uh, we used to come down there and play it. Um, well, hell, it, nobody's going to get you here, Mark. What used to be the Black Diamond or something? I oh, yeah, the Black yeah. Diamond. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. And Huey's. Then Huey's, Huey's, yeah, yeah. Well, not much yeah. has been happening in the past 18 months or so, so uh, so we'll give yeah. you a pass mm-hmm. on that deal. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. But we got to get yeah, you back cool. to Memphis. Well, I'm, I'm excited about coming back and, you know, and, uh, you know, hooking up with you guys and maybe yeah. seeing uh, some of my friends, Ghost Town Blues Band. And, uh, oh, oh, my yeah. God, yeah, they're Morris, down here. You know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Morris was on the same label with me on, on Ice House. You know, the Memphis label. Yes, yeah, the Ice House label over there out of uh, Selecta Hits, yes. Yep, mm-hmm, yeah, Johnny Phillips. Yeah, Johnny Phillips, yeah. Well, you know, uh, this year, this past year has been so tough on everybody. Everybody. And musicians, I think, more especially. And, yeah. um, mm-hmm. you know, watching that just, that were the first to be hit and the last to get back out. And, 
that's what we've seen so far here. And what what did you do? What did you, what, you know, how did you get through 2020? Well, luckily they let self-employed people be on unemployment, you know. And so I got unemployment for a while. And then um, about November, we started doing gigs again down here. They, they kind of opened up a little earlier than some places. Right, right. Uh, but most of the summer, I didn't really do anything. And it was kind of bad timing because, you know, I had that new CD come out on Mike Vito's label on Gulf Coast Records. Right. right. Uh, Deep, Deep Dark Demon. And so... You know, I really needed to be trying to get out and, you know, in some places, but we just had to use the good old internet, basically, you know, and, and the power of radio, you know. Right. And got enough to radio and, and uh, you know, reviews and things like that. And, and it did pretty good, you know. I got up to number two on Billboard. Yes. Oh, far I out. Did, I did see yeah. that, yes. Yeah. yeah. So so streaming helped you out. Well, not just generic streaming, but, like, you know, are you performing live on any streaming? Did you, you know, like the Facebook Live thing? We did. We did some... Um, I did one show on my own, which terrified me because I don't play by myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a band guy, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I did one show by myself, and it went, it went really pretty good. I didn't really think I played all that great, but it, it went good, you know, and, and, and uh, a lot of people watched it, and I actually made pretty good money on it. And then we did several um, at, um, at this uh, keyboard player, Barry Sealing, down here yeah. in his driveway, oh, yeah. where we uh, streamed a few. And we streamed a few from... There was one nightclub, Green Oaks Tavern, over here that let us play outside on their patio. When oh, they cool. People just kind of socially distanced, and we streamed one or two of those. And so, yeah, we did um, we did several, you know. And, uh, you know, some of them we, you know, really, you know, the, some of them the sound was good. We made good money and everything. And a couple of them were, oh, uh, it was a little too distorted because we tried different mics. You know, right, just, right. You know, there's really no trick you know, it just takes a while to get all that stuff figured out, you know, right. how to use your uh, your devices and your yeah. microphones and stuff like yeah. that, you know, I mean, it's, I, uh, it's uh, tricky. I understand that you uh, you spent some time with uh, the great Dickie Betts. Yeah, uh, when my first album came out on Ice House there in Memphis, uh, we were going over Florida and playing some, and I met these two guys, Rob and Jimmy, and, um, they they really liked our band, and every time we came to town, they'd come see us. And Jimmy and his dad owned a golf shop over there in Sarasota, and Dickie, Dickie Betts would golf in there, I mean, uh, shop in there and stuff. And they got to be pretty good friends, and so Jimmy was just like, hey, you got to hear our buddy Mark May, you know, you, you know, here's his CD and all that stuff. And Dickie was like, man, I just took the CD, and I threw it in the glove box of my Lexus, and it never came out. <laughs> I've done that, I've done that a thousand times, every, man. Because you said people give me CDs all, all the time. Right. Like, I feel you, brother. I did the same thing, yeah. Bugging him, bugging him. And he finally said, you know what? I'm going to listen to this and just tell him what I think about it because I just want him to stop asking me about it. And so he put it on, and he's like, huh, I kind of like this guy. He plays a little bit like Albert Collins. And sings a little bit like Freddie King, which I thought were great compliments coming from Dickie, you know. And so... Next thing I know, the guy was calling me and saying, hey, uh, you know, Dickie wants to meet you. I'm like, no, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, he does. I said, why? He You're said, pulling my really leg. Yeah, oh, yeah, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so the next time we went out there to uh, Sarasota to play the 5 o'clock club, I think it was a Thursday night or something, he came out and, uh, and checked us out and said, uh, you know, saw us play. And he said, if possible, I'd like for you guys to come up with some shows for us this summer like places where we know we're going to sell a lot of tickets already right. without having to have like an opener who was really going to, you know, 
put some people in seats. Right, right. Because some places, you know, especially on the East Coast and stuff, they just, they would sell out. You know? Right. They didn't really need support help that much. Mm-hmm. And uh, down here in Texas, they were trying to open back up Texas because the Owen Brothers really never played as much over here yeah. as they did other places. And uh, so they were trying to open up amphitheaters here, so they, you know, let me do those shows. And um, but but yeah, we did a tour with them in '97, and then when him and the Almond Brothers split up in 2000, um, he called me and said, "Hey, you want to start a band?" <laughs> Like, oh. <laughs> he tried to act like we're going to be partners or something. And I'm like, why do you say the word partners for? I mean, he's the star. I'm just... But anyway, I said, sure, of course. you know. And, and uh, so I went out and played with his band for a couple of years. You know, and, and, uh, wow. You know, that's that's, that's awesome. He, he stuck me as a band leader, you know. Paid me a hundred dollars more a night than the other guy. <laughs> it wasn't a partner. Well, it's it's still a paycheck, which is part, right, of, part right. of the thing there. But I mean, yeah, I, it was a good paycheck too. I mean, he was generous. You know, yeah. he paid us good, and you know, it was. It was a, I would, we did, you know, tours with Charlie Daniels and Thirty Eight Special, and opened up for the Doobie Brothers and did. Right, I think Skid you know, was Skid not part of that. Some of those guys too. I jammed with Charlie several times, and yeah, jammed with uh, Thirty Eight Special one night, and so it was really. Really pretty cool, you know, because we were on tour with those guys for a month. Right. Wasn't Leonard so. Skinner part of that whole thing, too? You know, not when I was on it. Maybe it was. It might have been the next year or something. Uh, that was the second year I was with him. I was I was only with him two years, and I decided to get back to, uh, you know, do my thing. Yeah, yeah, there was there was that whole thing about having the Confederate flag as the backdrop, I remember, because there were Skinner, Skinner and the Allman Brothers, and they had the same backdrop, and it was this big, you know, Confederate flag oh, back there. Oh, we were talking about that. This last not too week. long ago, and then yeah. there was, you know, uh, there was a lot of people, a lot of venues that went, "Oh no, you got to change that." And yeah, I don't right, know yeah. who it was that either balked about it or something. There were, there were dates that were lost over the whole thing, and it was, mm-hmm. it was crazy. Yeah. And it was like, you know, look, this, this is this is the culture. Not that I'm defending it, but this is the culture of what this music was. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, it obviously means different things, different people. It's very offensive to some people. It is. Some yeah. People, it's just a part of their heritage. So. Well. Texas but, Blues, uh, I mean, it's almost like you need the battle flag from the Alamo to, you know, to, to fly that and make exactly. that Exactly, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a, lot of te- there's a lot of Texas flags, you know, places here. We played a, a motorcycle rally the other day. They had a big Texas flag painted on the back of the stage. Oh, that's cool. That's, yeah. well, that's, you know, the, yeah. the, the Texas Blues thing is nothing to sneeze at. I mean, no, that's, that's, it really is. That's enormous. And it did, it did have a big influence on me even before I was down here, like I said, you know, and then once I got down here and, and, uh, and uh, like I said, I'd been playing country and rock and different things, and I just got the blues bug, you know. And it was like the it's, late '80s, I guess. And I, um, you know, put this blues band together, and, and we recorded a cassette. You know, we put it out on cassette here. Yeah. And I ended up sending it to all these different labels. Got a bunch of rejection letters. <laughs> it was really kind of strange. How I got hooked up with with Ice House with Johnny Phillips. Was yeah. There was a guy who had a distribution company here. Mark Gammon, and he had asked me because I was trying to get him to put some of my cassettes in stores, and he said, well, if nobody, I can take them in the warehouse, but if nobody orders them, then, you know, they'll just sit there. You know, he, and like, did you talk to Johnny Phillips? And I said, at Selecta Hits with Ice House, and I said, I sent them an album up there, and I didn't hear back. And so he called Johnny, and Johnny said, who'd you send it to? And I said, I think it was Tiffany. He said, oh, that's the distribution side. He goes, I haven't heard it. Send it to me. And he was like the last person to hear it, and he really liked it. And so I went up there to Memphis at Crosstown Recorders. Yes, Rusty, yes. Whatever yeah, Crosstown Records, yes. Was. Yeah. I think, he's, I think he's in Nashville now. I believe he is, um, yes. And we remixed it. And 
and put it out. And uh, so I did two albums with Ice House there in Memphis. And, oh, wow. And uh, it was really, you know, really a good thing for me because when the second album came out, especially Telephone Road, uh, they um, had hooked up with um, uh, Priority Records, which was a big rap label. But they hooked up with them for distribution. And, you know, Select the Hips helped them out at times. And so they got uh, Priority to help distribute our stuff you know, on Ice House, and uh, man, it was, uh, I couldn't hardly go in any store anywhere and not see my, my album. Now, it didn't necessarily make it sell millions by any means, but it got it out there, you know, in, right. in a bunch of stores, and you know, when you're first getting started, you're, just to see your music in a, you know, your CD in a store, it's just like exciting, you know, especially yeah. Oh, no, that's records in LA or wherever you might be at. The right. Time, you know, it's right. like, cool, you know, that's important. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's important. Uh, you know, when, uh, when you talk about the blues and, you know, you got areas like here in Memphis, uh, the mid South, uh, the Pacific Northwest is huge. Uh, the Portland, Oregon area, yeah. Uh, yeah. Seattle, oh, yeah. San Francisco. But I saw here too, that you're really, uh, uh, you've made a big impression in Australia, and Australia loves this show that you're on right now. Yeah. Oh, cool. And um, the Australian blues scene is, f well, it's fascinating. It really is. <laughs> it's fascinating. And there's yeah, guys I don't know that, much about it, you know. There's guys <laughs> that, that play over there, and they, they emulate the, the Mid-South sound, or I mean, Texas uh, sound, or Mid-South sound. U.S. blues, yeah. U.S. Yeah. blues, and they come here, and, and I'm, I'm telling you, Mark, uh, you should probably, you know, uh, when it's safe and feasible, you need to get your ass on a plane and go land in Australia and go play a show, because you, you, you do big. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think they have a big, a couple of big blues festivals over there, at least one. Um, yeah. And uh, do you guys know Kara Granger? Yes. Yes, I know Cal Granger, yes. Yeah, yeah, she's from over there. She goes over there pretty often, so she might have to hook up, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it just takes a little bit of planning, and, and, and away you go. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I'm gonna, I want to play I want to play a tune uh, from you here and I've got uh, I've got quite a few things here from you um, you know stuff from the uh, deep dark uh, deep dark demon uh, demon record and some other stuff for you uh, I want you to I want you to pick a song that our audience might uh, kind of get a kick out of um, you know let's go with uh, back back you know, deep deep dark demon yeah it's kind of got a Latin feel to it a little bit you know because I was also Besides, uh, you know, being a big fan of Albert Collins and Stevie Ray Vaughan and all those guys, I'm now you a big fan of like Santana and you know Hendrix and people like that. Yeah, so. you released this record last year, is that right? During 2020? Yeah, mm -hmm. July 17th or 15th or something like that. All right, cool. Now here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to play this tune. We're going to come back. We're going to chat about that. And I've got a I've got a break. I got to hit too. So I, I want to okay. hear about. Um, what it what must have been like to release a record during during a the pandemic, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that had to have been had to have been a okay. thing. But but I want to yeah. play this tune here and uh, uh, okay. yeah, hang tight. You'll be able to hear it over the phone. So uh, so so okay. stick around. Uh, we we've got you for a little while, I think. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, all right. Here it is. It's Mark May. Back is the name of the song right here at Radio Memphis.
you go. Mark May at Radio Memphis here from uh, Deep Dark Demon. Uh, that was re- uh, released last year. And Back is the name of the tune. Uh, Mark joins us by telephone. Uh, Mark, what, uh, what, what, what must have been like to release a record in the midst of a pandemic? You know, it's scary. You know, you don't <laughs> yeah. know what to expect. I mean, <clears throat> obviously, like I said, I, you know, you need to get out and try to play, you know, places to spread the word about these CDs to get people to buy them and people to talk about them and, you know, so you can get sales. And we just couldn't get out and do it. Uh, the only thing that we thought maybe was a good thing about it was uh, a lot of people postponed their releases. Yeah, and so, right. you know... There may have been more room for radio airplay or, you know, people just want to buy something new. And maybe there wasn't that many, you know, there wasn't a, at, at that moment, a Walter Trout or, a, you know, or somebody like that that, you know, that's really popular that was releasing anything. So, you know, uh, most people held back a little bit on that. So maybe that was a good thing about it, uh, you know, because it, 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 uh, it did good. It got a lot of radio uh, airplay and, so it, so know, it reviews did. and stuff, you know, so it turned out okay for the situation. So it did track for it fairly well for you then. You were able to, to make some sales during during that time. Yeah. Yeah, we did. I mean, a lot of it was over the internet, of course. You know, well, of course, yeah. Mailing stuff off my website, you know, I have a well, it's not like you could get out. It's not like you could get out there and play clubs and play shows and and really push the record. So you know, yeah. that, that's kind of a yeah. weird thing to think it about. It was scary for sure. You know, to oh, think, yeah. you know that you know you couldn't, you just didn't know what. I mean, even if people had money to buy stuff, you know, I mean, you sure. just didn't know. You know, we we noticed here at Radio Memphis that our that our that our listener numbers went up a bit because of the pandemic, and and people were stuck at home and looking for, they were tired of Tiger King, they were tired of Netflix, <laughs> they were tired of Amazon, and you know they wanted something yeah, a little yeah. fresh. So we you know so we stuck it out as best we could, and 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 started playing music, and yeah. you know and having a phone conversation like we are with you right now, and um, it, and it's. I, there's that there's that connection that happens. I think when when people you know hear this music and they long for some type of entertainment and they can hear a guy like you and hear the music and go you know what that's a pretty good thing. So then they they hip you know we hope like even tonight that they go over to uh, markmay.com and buy the damn record. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, I mean that's that's the whole point. You know, is to try to get people turned on to the music and uh, but yeah, it was a scary thing to release it at that time. You know, but. Um, I, you know, I hadn't had an album out since 2016, so I, I just thought it was time, and and you know, well, you can't let it. You can't let it sit on the shelf. I mean, that's just it. I mean, I, you know, I tell artists all the time, don't you know? You can record all you want to, but you got you got to release. You got to release it. You got to yeah. let it out there. Yeah. And, and, I, and uh, anything could change, you know. And and uh, I had a chance to get it out on on Mike's label, so I just thought, well, let's just do it, you know. And I dig the Santana vibe. Oh, me too. You know, I was saying, Mark, uh, while we were listening to that, that's not what I'm used to hearing from you. Um, you know, being growing up there and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and you know, running across you when I was with Ezra. And, uh, yeah. man, I'm used to the bluesy thing. And I really dig that. That tune back. Oh, poppier sounded than most stuff that I do. You know, I've done some stuff that was kind of you know, Latin sounded before. Like I like it though, Road. man. Yeah, and I'm very familiar with it's Telephone Road. A little Road. poppier than than, but you know, um, I just like doing different stuff. You I know, dig I don't, it I don't though. Do a bunch of albums of the same exact kind of material. Right, right. I grew up listening to the Beatles, and there was all kinds of stuff on their albums. Oh my God, and, yes. Oh so, yeah. You know. 
And some people, you know, they they they, they might say, well, that you know, that song's not blues. Yeah, I, I can see where they. Might well, say that, but yes. you know, when we were listening to but that, everything I do is blues. Everything I do has blues influence. Right. So well, blues. I heard I heard the Beatles you know? in that cut too. And yeah, I mean, Rick and I, as we were listening, you know, he said, I can hear Beatles influence. I hear a little bit of bluesy in there. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. With all the people that I grew up listening to. Right. You're taken from your influences, and it was fantastic. I dig that tune, man. Well, thanks. Appreciate it, guys. Um, pick a tune. Um, let's see here. Um, I'm trying to remember what I sent you. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I have a lot. I have a lot of stuff from. We do have a lot. Yeah. I have that whole album. Yeah. Um, we got Deep Dark Demon. The whole album. Yeah, we, could, we could actually do the title track. I guess you know. Well, we all can, right. We can do that for sure. Cool. And yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's 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 definitely a lot bluesier than the last one. <laughs> it does. It doesn't really matter, man. It doesn't matter. It was no, great because we're always we're always fans of getting exposed to new music and and uh, yeah. Uh, that's 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 a great thing. That's what we're here for. So um, you know, we're here to help you out as well. So we'll play that. We'll play the title track then, if that's fine with you. Yeah.
gypsy woman And much to my surprise This thing deep down inside me Radio Memphis and Deep Dark Demon, the title track to the uh, 2020 record, Deep Dark Demon. Mark, that is, uh, there's, uh, there's, there's a lot going on there, man. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, is that good or bad? <laughs> no, no. I mean, in a very good way. I mean, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of soul in there. There's a lot of real. Uh, um, you know, a lot of real musicianship in there, and you strike me as a kind of cat that when you record, you don't use a click track. Is that right? Uh, you know, we used two different drummers, uh, and one of them did, and one of them didn't. And I can't remember on that particular song, uh, which you know, one guy left the band like we were doing doing the recording, so the other guy came in and and, and did it. You know. So. Well, you know, it happens that but, way, and you know, that's just you know. The, I, I don't mind it. I don't. I don't. You know, not using one. That's for sure. I, I, as a matter of fact, sometimes if a song speeds up a little bit to me, like uh, towards the end, if you got a big part coming up or big lead or something, it, it kind of creates excitement. Now, you know, once it gets too much, well, sure, sure. There's, 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 there's a there's, ridiculous, but I don't mind a little excitement and speeding up a little bit or something. You know, here or there, it, it just makes. The music feel natural, or even kind of wants to do, or know, even as it part. slows down. I mean, you know, as you, as you go into the studio to lay these tunes down, you know that they're they're gonna these songs are gonna take a life of their own. You know, after the recording, you know, when you start playing them live a bunch of times, mm -hmm. yeah, um, you know, true. that's that's sort of sort of the vibe there that happens. And I, I would I would reckon that the re, the uh, the recording process for you is uh, you know pretty cut and dry for you know for a lot of a lot of blues musicians. They tend to come in and know what they want, and they come in and lay it down and then maybe dial it back a bit like with your solos and stuff i've seen guitarists that say that you know they'll, they'll come in and lay in a massive solo and they go you know what i need to dial yeah. that back because i got to save that for yeah. the stage yeah i mean i've done that before i've i've had i've had songs that i played live for a while and had this and thought well i'm gonna put this song on my album so i would go in and lay it down put the solo down go back and listen to it and i'm like i like that I, I liked that, <laughs> you, know, you know, or like you said, just, you know, well, it's just too busy here, there, or whatever, you know, and I mean, I'm not the most laid back guitar player in the world anyway, so, you know, I gotta, I have to be careful to not, to not overplay, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, there's there's that there's that ever present question that comes across, you know, every every, every artist when they when they go into they go into the studio and they lay something down. When when is the song done? You know, there's that whole thing about uh, yeah, good art is abandoned. Yeah, yeah, you yeah I know what you mean. Forever, and sometimes it's better just to leave them, you know, even if they're not perfect, uh, because sometimes you can just screw them up if you if you work on them too long yeah there's well and and you know there's that that old adage that an artist is their own worst critic oh god yes oh. <laughs> you know yes. it's never going to be good enough for the artist mm -mm. yeah at yeah. some point yeah, you just have I've to say that a bunch of times listening yeah. stuff you know 
going back and forth. Is it good? Changing this, changing that. Oh yeah. And well, was, well, this record. I'm trying to do less of that, but it, this record has done you, you know, uh, great favors. Um, number two on the Billboard Blues chart. Yeah, that's, that's solid that's stuff that's right pretty there. Pretty solid, Mark. Uh, number two in France at the Collectif de Radio of Blues chart. Uh, number three on the Blues Roots uh, Music Report chart, and number nineteen in the Australian charts. I mean, uh, Mark, pardon my expression here, but you know, shit, you got a hell of a record here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, this is a machine. <laughs> yeah, we're really happy with the way it came out, you know, and uh, you know, Mike was happy with you know what 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 became of it, you know, and how it was received, especially during the pandemic. Sure. Is this is this your touring outfit as well? I mean, the, the guys that you have on this record, is it the same catch as you take on the road, or did you use some studio? Um, well, there was a guitarist that played on uh, on Billy Wells that played on some of the tracks, and, and he left the band and was doing yeah. his own thing. Um, but. Um, it's the same bass player and the drummer on most of these songs. Well, dude, that's your rhythm section. That's that's what makes it tick, you know. Yeah, they're a really good rhythm section, you know. And uh, you know, I've been playing with them for a while, and I really like them. And they're uh, they're great guys, and uh, they do a good job. And you know, we got different guitars now. And sometimes we use the keyboard player that's on the uh, on the record. Yeah. Depending on what kind of show, some of the places we play at the stage isn't even big enough for five piece or keyboard player. And you know, but certain special events and just gigs here and there we'll use him because I really like the way it sounds you know if I could have my you know wish I would I would have five piece with you know with the with the b3 player you know or, oh God yes. oh God oh, yeah yeah oh, oh hey mark when you come to Memphis and you come to this studio I got a I got a Hammond m3 in we here. do man. we'll drag this thing into this into into the control room and and you know bring some bring some thumbs in here we'll make that we'll make oh, that shit happen yeah. I mean that's yeah. all there is to it yeah, for sure. We'll now, come down there for sure. I'd, I'd I'd love to get back up there maybe sometime oh, yeah. this summer. You know, oh, play yeah. a couple gigs. Oh come on, now, we'll, we'll make it. We'll make it happen. Mark, I want to ask you something. This is LJ. Um, mm -hmm. Okay, so growing up in the Houston area, I knew who you were mm -hmm. uh, before I was involved in the Houston music scene, and then I got involved, and of course I was with Ezra for about five years, and yeah. that's where we had crossed paths, Ezra. Mm -hmm. Ezra Charles Ezra and the Works. Charles, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Ezra Charles yeah. and the Works. He's still out there cranking it out, too. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I ever realized that you were not a Texan. And uh, Mark Caldwell tells me you're from Columbus, Ohio. That's his hometown. Yeah, yeah right, right outside of Columbus, Ohio. And, man, I always thought, you know, growing up, you know, idolizing you and listening to your music. <laughs> it's all lies, man. I it's thought all you lies. were from Texas. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, what brought you to Houston, man? You know, um, my brother married a girl from Cleveland. Uh, they moved to California. And so when I graduated from high school, I moved to California for a little while. And you know, I still had a girlfriend that was in high school. So I moved back, you know, to hang out with her. Yeah. My brother moved back. We had a family band with my brother, my mom, and me. Oh, wow. And we we played, like, you know, kind of a variety of music, you know, most, mostly cool. country and rock and roll. Uh, That's cool. And then, so, my brother and his wife that he met in California, she was from Houston. They decided to come back to Houston. And so, not too long after they came down here, I just thought, well, let me go down there and check it out, you know. And 
And so I moved down here. That's how that's how I got down here. It was my my brother's wife is from here, and they moved back here. Oh so wow! That's now imagine what that would have been had the had the had the the landing location been Memphis. Well, I've thought about moving to Memphis before, guys, you know. Hey, hey, this is an up-and-coming town, Mark. You know? Hey, Mark, I just moved here a year and a half ago, man. There's a ton of musicians yeah, that move here is... for for a couple of reasons, not just because of the scene, but because of the location. And it's easy to fly out and, yeah. and play a lot of shows because we're, we're in the distribution. Kind of centrally company. located and it's, in a way. Yeah, it's yeah. sort of the naval. Well, you guys got a lot of stuff around, a lot of different towns that aren't too far from you to right. play. You know, I mean, it's a good location. It really is. Well, well I lived in Columbus because I moved back to Columbus for about five years, oh. uh, six years. And, you know, it was a good location, too, because, you know, I could get to... Right. Uh, lots of cities, you know, Cleveland, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, Detroit, you but know, if, Memphis and Nashville, you know. But if you call, all, if you call yourself, you know? if, if, you, if you're able to call yourself a Memphis musician, you sell shows. Yeah, when you're out of Memphis, yeah, yeah, yeah you go play Nashville, you go play uh, Little yeah, Rock. Yeah, I'm sure it's, uh, it's not that you need the help. But, yeah, you know, but I, I find that that Texas musicians kind of have the same advantage. Yeah, it's true. You know, yeah. you know from Austin, I think people really expect, expect you to be good. <laughs> right, right. Do, do you do you play a lot of shows in Austin? I mean, how is how would how is the Austin music scene these days? It's different. We don't really get up there and play much. I mean, you know, it's it's hard to make any any cash. You know, up there, which and, it's not all about the money for us, but we do play for a living. So. Right, right. Uh, but we've been talking about lately, uh, maybe trying to get up there during the week and and play some. Um, but I don't really don't know what the scene is like up there. Um, it's changed, place. Mark. I mean, I, I'd love to live in one of these music cities like Memphis or Austin or Nashville or yeah. any of those places. But um, some of them, it's a little bit scary just to like, you know, because I've made my living playing gigs, sure. giving lessons for, you know, 25, 30 years or so. Yeah. And so what, what do you do when you get to a town where nobody really wants to pay the musicians that much. Well, well that's... There's a lot of great connections there, and you think, well, if I hang in there long enough, you know, maybe I'll, you know, get some good studio work, or, you know, get to play with, with somebody like I did Dickie Betts, or, right. you know, have some great musicians to choose from, you know, and so, you know, be able to record with people a lot, stuff. But, but the scary thing is just surviving long enough to, and, and I've seen so many people move to these towns, like, you know, L.A. and Nashville and all these places, and they hung out for a certain amount of really good people. And well, they just end up coming back because they just couldn't get it going on. You, you know, yeah. you, you just described the Memphis music scene. Uh, the, the difference is, though, that every musician here in Memphis is very welcoming. Uh, there's a... There's a there's a fraternity, there's a camaraderie, whatever yeah. you want to call it, where you know one thing falls apart and then another thing happens, you know, and mm -hmm. and it is it is a family and there's no there's no competition here, which is kind of odd to say, but but we don't you know like you know for Radio Memphis we never get involved in battles of the band because we don't we don't ever want to create an animosity, and yeah. at the same time um, there's this you know there's this whole notion of musicians that it's it's nothing for a guitar player like yourself, to wind up in like four or five different outfits at the same time. You yeah, know? And you can work Memphis, nine right. days a week. I mean, right, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. that's what most people do that play for a living. I mean, even down here, there's lots of guys that are really good, and they're in several different bands. And right, just, right. 
you know, just whoever calls them first, you know, they take gets, the gig. Who gets the gig, right, um, right. <laughs> Well, we'd love we'd love to see you down here. Um, yeah. You know, and yeah. next time you're ne- next time you're in town, let us know. Let LJ know, and yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll sure. get you into a room, and uh, we'll, we'll start there. We'll build hell. We'll build a band around if you don't want to schlep your you know rhythm section down here. I mean, we could get you the high rhythm section probably. Oh, well, I'm sure there's some. I'm sure there's some great rhythm sections there. I mean, I usually try to just play with with my guys. You know, most of the time, I, I'm not really. Uh, that keen on just jumping in on stuff. I mean, I'll go jam with people and everything. It's not that, but um, it's just if I'm going to play a bunch of my originals and stuff, I like oh, sure. what I'm used to. Sure. You know, they're a quick study. Too much, really, you know, and, and, and my, some of my stuff, as you can hear, has a lot of parts in it. So yeah. it's hard to just pick up a rhythm section and, and do it if you have a, if you just play straight blues, you know, you can send your stuff to just about any solid bass player and drummer and show up and make can do a good job. Right. Feel, you know, fairly at home, but... And, um, you know, most but, of the musicians here, would they they will agree with you and they will say, hey, I'm willing to work with you because I, I, I want to know what this is. I want to know what's in your head. I want to... I want to hear that sound that you have. And I have mm-hmm. seen, you know, in person, you know, uh, guys that come in here and they're working with a rhythm section that that nobody knows each other, and within a couple of minutes, it, they're in the pocket. They're they're mm-hmm. they're cranking it out, and it's just it's that it's that so language of music. There in Memphis. Oh yeah, so. yeah, and you know I, I, I don't mean to beat it up. I mean I know you know Houston is your home, and uh, that's you know that's 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 yeah. That's, I mean that's I mean I get what Mark's really saying though, Rick. I mean I get what Mark's saying though, Rick. I mean he just came out with this this. CD last year that is kicking ass right now. I mean, it really is. Oh, Deep Dark Demon is huge. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he's got his guys that are doing it, and so, why, you know, he needs to stick with that for a while. Yeah. Sure. That's yeah. my opinion. Or move move the band here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's working for him. <laughs> sure. Hey, we're in dire need of bass players down here. Oh, my God, oh, yes. Yeah, there's a shortage, huh? Yes. Oh, <laughs> yes, definitely. A bass player that can work his work his salt, man. He's you know he's he's you know twelve times seven. a week. You know, yeah, he's, yeah, right. He's working right. around the clock, and then you know you're making records and 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 doing the shows. And Beale Street being what it is is that's that. But you know, and now you what you have here, man, is uh, is is very special, and I appreciate you bringing that to us. And listen, if there's ever anything we can do for you, you just let us know. Well, you know, anything that you can get me on up there to help me, you know, get up there and play, you know, for the folks in Memphis and you guys, uh, you know, uh, I would love to do it, you know. Oh, man. Just shoot them at me, but I'd love to get up there and play. Uh, Like I said, sometime this summer, I'm not not real busy because a lot of the festival lineups from last year are rollovers from the year before. Right, right. Um, uh, We got a few few good things coming up, but we get plenty of time to... uh, to uh, come up there to Memphis, and yeah, I'd probably go on up to Ohio and play up there too if I if I get up there to Memphis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mark's going. Yeah, Mark's yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'll go home for that show. Um, before we cut you loose, Mark, and, and once again, thank yeah. you for your time. Uh, I want you to tell oh, us yeah. about Telephone Road. Thank you. Thank you. Oh yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And well, there's actually three songs written about Telephone Road. One Steve Earls. One's Rodney Crowe. In, yep, in mine, and right? Maybe others, <laughs> but I know of all three. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm very familiar. And, with mine and Steve Earls came out almost the, exact the same, same time. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, 
it was really weird. I was over at this guy, Rick Mitchell's house, who was a critic for the Chronicle, and I wanted to let him listen to my new CD. And he listened to it, and he said, he said, hey, did you hear that Steve Earls got a new album? I just got it, too. And he said, uh, it's got a Telephone Road song. And I'm like, well, his album's not called that, is it? Because, you know, he said, no, it was called something else. But I thought it might be confusing if we both had out. You're right, <laughs> right, man. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, came out, it wouldn't be so bad if they weren't coming out right at the same right time. Right at the same time, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, oh, you guys are on the same wavelength so, somehow. Yeah, well, you know, and, and Steve Earle and Rodney Crowell. And Crow, Rodney Crowell, yeah. Their their versions, their songs are a little bit more, I, I believe, about older days on Telephone Road. Right. Honky Tonks. Yes. You know, I think it was a big hangout for stuff like that. It was. A little bit more about... You know, it's a little bit more run down now, you know. there's And that was before the, my day, but I've heard stories about Telephone Road, yeah, Mark. There was, yeah, you know, lots of, you know, bad things that gone, you know, going on and, <laughs> and, down on yeah. Telephone Road. And, and it, telephone actually, on the back cover of that album, I, I went to this hotel, and I sat in front of this hotel, and, 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 and Ice House took it off and put the song list on there. But it, on there it said... Uh, um, there was a gate going into there, and, and on the wall it said, "No loitering, no tr- prostitution, no drugs, no this." And they just had it painted on there with these, you know, this white stencil paint. Yeah. Thing. And uh, you know, they're just like you know, because there was just a lot of that stuff going on down there uh, at that time. And I was going back to the flea market, and I just, I just got the idea popped in my head. I was coming because there's a big uh, flea market down on Telephone Road, down uh, around Pearland. Yeah, yeah, you know, I know what you're talking about. And yeah, you know, it's come back from there, and uh, got the idea about the song. You know. Well, Telephone Road, the history of the road, first of all, it's called Telephone Road because that's where the telephone company used to be located in Houston. Right. And, and um, <laughs> it it was really well known for honky-tonks and prostitution back... I well, think, it goes hand-in-hand hand with telephone. I, I don't know. know. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, but that was... you know <laughs> Those operators had to make a buck or two I guess. on the side. I don't know, know, but yeah, eventually. And Telephone Road has got quite a history in the Houston and area. And Steve Earle is... Um, uh, he's notoriously cranky. About certain things, uh, he's a great guy, and he's a great songwriter and a great musician. But uh-huh. he can be a little, a little pissy at times, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, it's, it's, it's kind of funny that that you know, here are three songs about the right, same right. little spot. Now, well, you know, Chris, Chris Masterson, that's from Houston, plays with Steve Earle now. Does oh, really? does he really? Yeah. I didn't know that. He's got a <laughs> band with his wife. They're called the Mastersons, but they also <coughs> excuse me. They also act as uh, Steve Earle's backup. Band, that they were anyway. I, I guess I assume they still are. But yeah, he's been he's been playing a lot with Steve. Yeah. So another guy from this area that you probably knew when you were here. Yeah. Look just like Johnny Winter when he was growing up. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, Ezra is really good friends with with. The, the Winter Brothers. He apparently, because uh, Ezra grew up in Beaumont, and and oh, okay. he was well, he was and that yeah he knew those guys. Mm-hmm. Tell us stories about them all the time. <laughs> well, we're we're gonna play this tune, uh, Mark. Thank you so much uh, for for taking some time on your Sunday. I know you just played uh, earlier, and uh, you're dealing with a lot of water down there. <laughs> Put your water wings nah, on, and we hope for the we're best. Not, we're not flooded or anything, but no, I mean, you know, this is uh, this is the fun part, you know, doing stuff like this. I mean, I I got all the equipment lugging and all the other stuff out of the way. Out of the way, right, right. 
I got a couple days to uh, just uh, just do decompress a little bit bookings and maybe some tax work and things like that before I get back to playing late, later next time. Right. Well. So, this um, is a joy to be on the show with you guys. This is easy. I, I love stuff like this. Thank Good. you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, you know, uh, your music is available. We're sold, of course, um, and at markmay.com, uh, just as it sounds, M-A-R-K-M-A-Y.com. Uh, we, we always like to push that uh, people to go get their music to uh, to get it from the artist directly. Yes. And uh, that helps yeah, uh, I, I, save, I your, save your middleman. You click on any of those CDs on my website, it's takes you to, uh, I have a Square store and where you can order the stuff. And, uh, oh, cool. Yeah, markmayband.square.site is where you can get it there as well. Mark, thank you so much, buddy. Uh, you know, uh, when you when you come come around these parts, please stop in and say hey, and uh, we'll, let's get you guys on the air over here live in the studio, and it'll be fun. Yeah, that would be great, you know, and uh, I got a friend who lives over in Clarksdale, but he's from Houston, he's got a house over there, and we stay over there with him sometimes, uh, so... If we get up that way, we'll just come on over and see you oh, guys. Oh, sure. Hopefully, me play a gig and, like I said, hook up with some of my buddies over there and just, uh, you know, have a big old party. Clarksdale is just down the street from us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not far. You're awesome. Thank you so very much. All right. Well, thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully, we'll uh, be able to hook up sometime this year. Yeah. Or fall. Anyway. I'd say what I'm going to put you on hold here. We're going to play this tune. And I think uh, LJ is going to have a chat with you uh, off the air. But okay. uh, but but thank you right. so much, my friend. And uh, here is Telephone Road right here at Radio Memphis. <laughs>
This is Reverend Oma from the Broom Closet Metaphysical Shop. A lot of us are making time to deepen our spiritual paths. The Broom Closet has a wide selection of books on spiritual topics and a huge selection of tarot and oracle cards for connecting with spirit and our higher selves. You can choose from our vast selection of gemstones, crystals, and crystal jewelry to enhance your spiritual journey. Check out our mindful living gifts and home decor to complete your sacred space. Visit us in downtown Memphis or online at thebroomclosetmemphis.com. Hi, it's Olivia Munn with my shelter pets, Frankie and Chance. Say hi, guys. When I adopted them, I discovered that they both have incredible personalities. Chance's sole purpose in life is to love and to be loved. Frankie is a little bit of a scoundrel and always entertaining. They're a little bit of a lot of things, but they're all pure love. Adopt pure love at theshelterpetproject.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, the Humane Society of the United States, and Maddie's Fund. Here's what's coming up on the next episode from Radio Land with Rick Cheddar. So here's the deal. Uh, what we got coming up, and, I, and normally I would play a, a clip from from what's coming up next time, but we, I didn't I, <laughs> make it excuses. Uh, no, not really. Uh, we had to, we've had some technical issues in the studio, and what I usually use to do still think had to go a different route. Any rate, long story short. What it is, part one of two parts. Yes, it's a two-part show coming up, part one uh, of, of our conversation with music live in the studio with Mr. Doug McLeod. Part two, the week following, will be the second part of that program. And, uh, and yeah, it's going to be pretty cool. So, uh, you know, I don't know. Send a, send, a, send a card to somebody and remind them that this is what's going to be happening starting next week. It'll be fun. The great Doug McLeod on for the next two weeks right here from Radio Land. For previous episodes, go to radio-memphis.com. To download episodes to your mobile device, search the show in iTunes, player.fm, stitcher.com, pocketcast, or tune in. And now, here's more with Rick Cheddar from Radioland. Right, so there you go. You heard what's coming up next time on the program. I've got a little uh, a little public service, a little public service announcement for you. A little heads up. <laughs> if anything, 
if anything, we should we should at least try and help 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 each other out, right? We we should help our help our brothers and sisters out there in the world that are trying to get by uh, through these times of confusion and misunderstanding. There's a lot of that that's going on. Uh, one such thing uh, that has happened, and and I can and I can speak from experience on this because I witnessed it firsthand. <laughs> um, the immigrant needed her second COVID shot. And they'd scaled back a lot of the city and county run, state run, government run facilities, right? They had to scale it back. So to, to get her scheduled up, she wound up going to a, uh, because they're transitioning from those sites. The government is transitioning those vaccines from the government supported sites now into the private sector, right? So one such place is your big box drugstores, you know, the ones that rhyme with Walgreens. And they had a thing online. You could you could you know, say okay at three three oh five is your appointment three three oh five on Saturday is your appointment. Come here five minutes ahead. Fill out some paperwork. Roll up a sleeve. Get stabbed, and you're out of there. Boom. I'm thinking, uh huh. She's telling me all this. She's all excited. She thinks, all right, we'll go have we'll go have lunch on Saturday. We'll we'll run some errands. We'll stop. We'll just add this to the list. We'll stop at the Walgreens by three o'clock. Fill out the thing. Roll up the sleeve. Boom! I'm stabbed. Second shot. Good to go. No, no. And I told her this. I said it's not going to happen. Don't don't think for a single moment that it's going to go any way like that. Yeah, it didn't. <laughs> I'm just going to give them, this is, like I said, it's a heads up. This is, if you have not gotten your vaccine yet and you're considering this, keep in mind, some things have changed. <laughs> Corporate's now involved. It's still free. And this is why they're doing this, because they know that you, while you're there, and we did the same thing, while we're here, let's pick up a few things. So, which we did, so we need some toothpaste. We need some stuff that we didn't get off of the Amazon. So we're, we're having to, we're, we're, it worked, they're still making money. The only thing was, is that we waited for this. This She was there at three o'clock, filling out paperwork, presenting IDs, shot records, all this, whatever the shit that they need. Okay, have a seat. We'll call you in a moment. 45 minutes later. Uh, excuse me, madam. Um, what's taking so long? I'm just sitting, I'm just along for the ride. I'm just cruising the internet through with my phone. <laughs> As I said, I told her, don't expect this thing to be. Oh, my damn. Well, we have to make up the vaccine. That's what the lady says. We have to make up the vaccine. And of course, the wife looks at me and I said, they're not making it here. They've already made it. They got to stick the needle in the jar. But see, they can't stick the needle in the jar to pull the dose out dosage out until they get five other people behind you because that thing's on a time clock. That's kind of how that works. It go it can go bad pretty quickly. They don't want to, you know, they don't want to, they don't want any of this stuff to go to waste. So long story short, an hour later, she's got her sleeve rolled up. They give her a shot uh, and, and that didn't go so well. Apparently the guy that they, that came in to do it, who's he's, he's a he got a part-time job because he had a full-time job as the principal of a high school. So he was treating everybody like children, which you know, that doesn't go well in adult land. It, it really, I may act like a child, but I know when I'm, when I'm not being treated fairly, you know what I'm saying? 
And uh, and I just like I said, I was like, I didn't say a word. Y'all have been proud of me. I didn't I didn't I didn't backlip. I usually do. I was just sitting there letting her use the adult language, let her get frustrated. She's got shit to do. I'm like, uh huh. I told you, just letting it happen. And uh, you know, he gets back into the little room. The immigrants there. Dude doesn't like the way his gloves fit, so he has to leave and go get another pair of gloves or something that fit right or whatever. whatever. He didn't like the, I don't know, he didn't like the temperature in the room. He didn't like the color of the pen. He was, I don't know. <laughs> She's back there for 10 minutes getting a shot. You know, when we did when we did the drive through thing, it was like, roll up your sleeve, boom, you're done, get out of here. And that was kind of what that is. I'm just, I'm just a heads up. Corporate's now involved, so expect things to get... Re- you know, people complain. They go, "Well, do we really want the government involved in certain things?" Look, if they like, if the government handled things the way this whole COVID thing got handled here of recent, where it was really quite smooth and a lot of people got their shots and they were in and out and boom, it was, it was easy, and everybody was nice and polite, and you got your records and all of that. Everything was great, and you didn't you didn't have there wasn't much fuss to be raised, and everybody was nice. Now that corporates are involved, it no, <laughs> that's the problem. That's the problem with this com- this country is that we've we've given too much power to corporate, and we all know those bug-eyed monkeys couldn't they couldn't fuck a football correctly if they had to. Jesus Christ! So heads up if you're going to the 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 corporate side of this thing to get your vaccine, just be aware it's going to take you longer than it did when instead of when you went to the Shelby County Health Department or whatever county health department that you have. So you know just. Keep that in mind. Just, just a little heads up. Get your shot by all means, but buy yourself a little extra time and be prepared for for that. You have to, I don't know, have some zen going in there. I don't know. Perhaps, perhaps have a cocktail before you get there. Perhaps uh, smoke a joint before you get there. I, I know, really bad advice from, from from Rick over here. No, just just be a, just be mindful that you know it's going to be a it's going to take you a little longer. You know, a little more red tape involved so there you go anyway you heard what's uh, coming up next time that's it i'm done running my mouth on this y'all be sweet y'all take care of yourselves take care of one another for god's sake stop shooting each other all right i'm rick cheddar and this has been from radio land Rick Cheddar from Radioland is produced by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated, Memphis, Tennessee. All music performed during this episode was used by permission. No part of this program can be rebroadcast or used in any other way except by written consent. For more, go to radio-memphis.com. 